Indiana County 911. My brother's gone. Can you be a little more specific, sir? My brother. Who took him? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Sir, sir, take a breath. Explain to me what happened. And I looked out and there was this big red blinking UFO. I can just say this. Something's going on in the woods. Something's going on. They're not dogs. They're not coyotes. What could it be, right? I had an encounter with a skunk ape, and it completely altered the course of my life. I found a skull. I think you guys can know how to come film this. Put them out. 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 I just see it. I just see it. Sightings of a UFO hovering over a barn. Millie woke up from a dream, and when I went into the bedroom, she said, there's a monster on the wall. They saw that the creature had run through a barbed wire fence. They were able to obtain hairs. They sent the hairs to their lab, and it came back as an unknown creature. Right. Welcome to an episode of Bizarre Encounters with myself, Ghost, and my co-host, Shane. Uh, so yeah, we're going to bring in a guest. We're going to talk a little cryptid today and uh, go down under and uh, talk with some uh, Australian folk about some yaoi and uh, get, get I don't know, kind of just juicy with it, I guess. So uh, Shane, why don't you uh, let us know who your guest is, buddy? So, uh, met him through a friend of a friend of a friend, I guess is the best way to describe it. But, uh, my good Australian buddy, Grub, how's it going today, man? G'day, g'day, boys. Hey, hey. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Bizarre Encounters. Our very first yeah. guest. So, uh, it's, it's an honor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's an astounding encounter. Uh, I wouldn't say this one bizarre, but, you know, this is a great encounter. <laughs> Memorable encounter we have. <laughs> absolutely yeah i can't wait to get into some talk on some some yaoi i over here you know it's called sasquatch and you know what have you depending on what part of the united states you're in but man uh i've always had a fondness for the hairy guy over here but uh depends on where you're at in the united states and also i guess it depends on where you're at in the world uh the temperament of these these you know ancient beings and, you know i was gonna say you want to hope for a nice one <laughs> yeah yeah for real and, uh, <laughs> i don't know being down in australia i mean that's a pretty dangerous continent to begin with you know just with snakes dingoes and, and everything else that you have to encounter let alone come across one of these dudes in in the bush uh wow i don't know well i'll tell you what it's definitely gonna be the biggest thing that's out there <laughs> if you start hearing trees and, and branches getting ripped out and giant growls then there's only one thing it could possibly be <laughs> and honestly too man coming from uh somebody who's done a lot of research into this kind of stuff i feel like as far as encounters where there's more people per capita it seems to definitely be australia like i feel like people have a lot of a lot of encounters with yaoi specifically more so than like bigfoots in america yeah, I think there's a there's a almost like a faux pas in America. <clears throat> so there's like a you know a lot of people keep it to themselves. They don't want to talk about it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, out out here, we you know we had the footage, the the uh, the Patterson film, and that was all went through the through the cinemas back in the day and movies and whatnot. But it's it's definitely uh, uh, a tight community. So if it, it is if it is seen, then uh, Generally, like in America, it's not really spoken about, but um, we've got reports going back to when uh, English first settled here. 
which means that like back then it was more of a standard thing. It was more accepted to be a fact that there was short and tall hairy men running around the bush stalking people. And um, there's plenty of reports back in the day, write-ups about them. And then I think it was about by the 1800s, the reports had changed to being more of a uh, primate, a wild primate in the bush rather than a wild man in the bush. So there was definitely a change there. You think that's when uh, like modern uh, science kind of started taking root because, you know, before that, you know, there, even here in America, there were stories all over the place, um, you know, gold, gold miners in their camps being attacked by, you know, these, these wild men of the, the, the woods. And then it just seems like, and native Americans here, you know, always have these stories, but then once kind of modern science kind of took hold and they started changing the narrative. Of, of everything into oh it mm. has to be a primate it has to be a primate that's because they wanted to say that. it was the missing link that's what they're trying to go for i feel yeah. like yeah yeah there was plenty of uh uh plenty of players or plenty of reasons for someone to to make their own conclusions about it if uh if if these things are larger than us more powerful than us um then we're not the we aren't the prime predator on this planet mm and um, that goes against a lot of people's uh, beliefs <laughs> rather than um, know, knowing, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then out, out out here, it was the same. We had like old miners and, and um, the distances that we had to travel out here on a regular basis between towns, that was massive. <laughs> I mean, very similar in America too. I think, I think that could be with the other chance and the other reason for larger amounts of encounters. Is the distances that were needed to be travelled were were so vast and by foot. Nowadays, you're going to be driving. Uh, towns are closer. There's a lot more development, so there's less chance of seeing one, having an encounter. But out here in Australia, we still drive often, a lot more than the rest of the world does. We're right. we're um yeah, we're definitely a driving nation. Our whole nation set up for for driving. Hell. The pub, the pub I used to work at when I was a kid still had the uh, the horse stalls. Shit, <laughs> 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 fucking. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like it's it was it's. I think it's depending on where you, where you live. So I mean, the amount of encounters that they they have, say in uh, uh, Cambodia, Vietnam, um, the outskirts around India and, and the Kush region, whatnot, Afghanistan, Russia. Mm. They all have these encounters, but you do you do find them generally between traveling to different places or new new developed areas. I mean, um, it's just like normal wildlife. They kind of get pushed out of that area and they get pushed into smaller areas. So, like the more area, like say you're in like a, a whatever state you're in, and if there's too many cities and there's not enough area in between where there's forest, then there's not going to be anywhere for them to be. Because I'm sure as stuff populated, they tried to push themselves away. Because I'm sure that they. They don't want to be seen by people. They don't want to be the center of attention. So just like any animal, they kind of migrated away from areas where people are heavily populating and moved more towards the heavy, thick, wooded areas. Where in Australia, mm. I feel like you guys have a lot more clear, open areas. So there's probably a lot more room for them to be where they're not trying to uh, avoid an overpopulated area, you know? Yeah, there's a, there, there is a weird... Um occasion of them being seen say around the borders of mexico and america as well 
mm. along in giant, vast, flat areas. And you're like, what? <laughs> what the hell are you doing out there? <laughs> it's like now a this, crazy sight, yeah. This is going to sound a little weird. Um, do, when I picture Australia, because I've never, I've never been, I, the, the, probably the closest I ever got to being that close to Australia would be, you know, uh, Southwest Asia and Italy or something like that. You know, when I was in the military, do you guys have mountainous or hills in Australia or is it pretty much all kind of flat? It's, it's odd. Like, uh, <laughs> most of Australia is flat. It, it, it leans from the East coast at being the, 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 hot, the, the, the tallest, and then it sinks over to Western Australia. Okay. So Western Australia was the first part of land to exit the ocean. So it's been exposed for the longest. So the most of the erosion has actually taken place on on the western side. But the, with the continental drift, we're supposed to be going kind of northeast kind of direction, up into Papua New Guinea and then up into uh, Indonesia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but with that movement, um, the front half of the, the granite ridge, which is the actual continent, the, the, the granite, is pushing up against the basalt and push lifting the basalt up. And in doing that, it's constantly lifts up the shelf that's in front of us, which makes the Sydney Basin, which is sandstone. Okay. So the sandstone was part of Antarctica and it got compressed and crushed down. And then by the time it's come up here, it's lifting. So the entire east coast of Australia from Tasmania to the, uh, the very top of Australia, Cooktown, it's uh, a mountain ridge. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's, right. we, we've, we've got like the longest mountain ridge in the world, or something. It's 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 called the Great Dividing Range. It's not huge, yeah. It's old, very very old. The majority of it is is sandstone at the front edge, so it's most of it's eroded away, collapses, and it's covered with uh, valleys. Um, but it's it's absolutely gorgeous, and it's where most of the life has always lived. It's been on this east coast on this Great Dividing Range, the mountain ridge. Okay. And then yeah. if you go to the other, it's probably, I think the, tall, the tallest mountain here, I think is about two and a half Ks. It's Mount Kosciuszko. It's about 2.2, I think, somewhere around that. Okay. I know uh, that when but, uh, mountains get older, they start getting shorter too. So, I mean, I would expect that if they're right, some of yeah. the oldest mountains in the world, they're probably not going to be the tallest, of course, you know? Yeah, round. They yeah. look round. <laughs> it looks like a giant plateau, but it's the, those cracks that you get in the plateau, they're all rounded. They're, they're all rounded off, if you know what I mean. Okay. It, uh, and the only, yeah. only reason I was asking is because like here in the United States, I live on the East coast here in Pennsylvania. We, you know, we're kind of in the heart of the, you know, Appalachian mountains. And then you yeah, get nice. towards, uh, towards where Shane is and it, it's kind of mountainous and hilly, you know, he's up in Michigan and what have you. And then the next mountain range that you would come across as you're moving West would be the the Rocky Mountains, which are the biggest in the United States. Yeah, well, yeah we're and, super hilly, but we ain't really like. Right. Think, think there's the Porcupine Mountains in the UP. And then as far as Michigan, that's about it. But they're not like mountain mountains or anything. But, yeah, mm. and, you get out northwest for that, isn't it? You go way out in the northwest, north yeah. California. You know, it's very very mountainous as well, isn't it? Yeah, yep. That's yeah. the Rockies. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah, the the Rockies start down in right around Albuquerque, New Mexico maybe a little bit below that, and they go all the way up into uh, British Columbia and up towards um, Alaska on the West Coast side of yeah, the United wow. States. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Having, having mentioned the mountainous thing, <coughs> is there's a lot of places for our Sasquatch to kind of hide. You know, it's 
thick forested or you know plenty of caves you know yeah you got those ancient forests those massive massive uh cedar trees and pines it's yeah beautiful (laughs) yeah yeah one day i'll get out to uh the uh the communist state of california to see those but (laughs) i'm not going there anytime soon (laughs) find one of those portals and you'll be there straight away yeah no (laughs) no Yeah, here, here it's the um, uh, mostly if you go around granite country, uh, the waters are going to be more filled with, say, um, heavy metals, uh, leads, sulfides, stuff like that, because of the the gold and uh, mineral deposits in that granite. So when you find sandstone, the there's a lot of springs in sandstone because of the cracks and the and the, the way it can filter through, and it's a lot cleaner water around sandstone country. So with uh, um, with the original people, they would <coughs> they would find sacred areas along the sandstone. Um, now Yow- Yowies or the the Dulagar or Yahoo, the actual original name was Yahoo. Okay, which is funny enough, sounds like that that uh, that biblical kind of a name, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's funny you funny you say Yahoo because in certain parts of the United States. Uh, not so much there there's certain areas in Ohio and maybe down south in, in like Alabama, maybe maybe more Alabama ish, but they're called Yahoos. And Oh when, really? Yeah. And but when you're growing up here in the United States and you're not thinking cryptid, if you call somebody a Yahoo, that was just another word of you know, calling them a moron or a retard. You know, all that Yahoo oh, wow. is crazy. But yeah, it's funny you mentioned yeah. that. I didn't know they were called Yahoos over there. Yeah, yeah, the original. Yeah, I mean, mo- most most of the kind of communication or vocal communications that um, mainly kids would hear. There's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of interactions out here with, uh, um, especially in Queensland, with uh, younger juvenile Sasquatch. That's because they um, still have that childlike innocence. Where I feel like kids mm. and Sasquatch kids will often play together because they don't have that like that judgment yet of like, this is a creature, this is a monster and vice mm. versa going back that if you're a Bigfoot and you're looking at a human kid, you don't have that fear of it's something that's going to try to shoot at you or whatever, you know, especially if you're isolated too, up in a, up in a, like a, a giant banana farm somewhere in Queensland and your closest neighbors 20 K's away or something, you know, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, if, if you did see someone else like that, then it was, yeah, that's right. It was so, so normal. It was part of your experience, you know, your life experience. Well, and um, the- plen- plenty of encounters like that too, actually. A lot of, a lot of um, real personal in-depth encounters. But when they do seem to speak, they've heard been saying like, uh, yeah, huh, where? So consonants with an H, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Um, so not, not, I mean, some, some people out here get that samurai chatter. They hear it. Every now and then, I'm just going to ask you that if, if you've if you've heard <laughs> that. <laughs> See, me, my me, other I question haven't. too is, uh, like, obviously, people from different regions speak different languages. So, like, theoretically, would Bigfoots from Australia versus like the United States possibly speak like a different Bigfoot language? There's the old uh, original pe- uh, original children heard playing in the bush is has been recorded. Like uh, uh, you can hear the native tongue being spoken, mm. um, uh, but the Bigfoots have been 
you do hear that like uh, that samurai chatter, and that's what they they sounds like that they're saying is it's 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 almost identical to what you might be hearing over in South America, South like uh, the Americas. This 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 chatter, and uh, I've heard Native American uh, languages. Uh, I've heard the Nevada sounds. Was it Nevada? No, Sierra sounds. Yeah, Sierra sounds. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. But that's pretty much what people hear here as well. Now, I, 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 I've got a feeling that maybe these uh, these beings have uh, they can see in infrared, or so they say. They they, they can they can see in di- uh, a larger spectrum than what we can. So, what's to say that they can't also hear? on a larger spectrum that we can. So what we only hear are the chirps and, and, and the vocalizations, like every time we say an S, right? In, 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 in Thailand, S isn't pronounced very often. So when, when someone from Thailand comes and listens to someone speaking English, we just sound like snakes. All they hear is. Yeah. So there is a lot of S's in English. I'm starting to realize that as you said that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, if a typer, all they hear us is saying the S, they actually hear all the other consonants and everything else. So there might be an actual other frequencies that they're, that the Dulugar or, or Jindaring are speaking that we don't actually hear. And they might be talking at extremely fast speeds. <laughs> and then we only get these chirps or, or these little um, other, other sounds that have to be vocalized. So we're only getting half the conversation. Is what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah, but it's um, great that you brought up the Sierra sounds because I was I was going to ask you if they, you know, still had kind of some of the same type of vocals over there, uh, like what was captured out in the Sierra Nevadas and in, in you know California. Um, I had Ron Ron Moorhead on my show, the guy who actually captured those. Um, I can play him here real quick if you want. Yeah, for the listeners that aren't familiar, definitely. We get a lot of, I've, I've heard of moans. I've heard people filming in daylight out in the uh, Pilliga, and these guys go pig hunting in the Pilliga. And they're out there in broad daylight, and they could hear, almost, it almost sounded like someone wailing out mum. Mm. Almost like a crow kind of a sound, but it was definitely a human kind of a, a voice. And these guys were just like, did you hear that? And then there's broad daylight. These guys are young guys, eh? They go out barefoot shooting pig, you know, <laughs> wild balls, you know. <laughs> they might even get to chase them like barehanded with just a knife, you know what I mean? They're, they're pretty crazy. <laughs> and um, they're out there and they're just walking around them and they're going, what is that noise? And it just... It's like someone wailing out, mom, but it's weird. And they're just like, did they just call mom? And then they're like, oh, I'm freaking, eh? And then they just, they, they heard it again. They all just start running. They had no idea what it was. Eh? It freaked them out. But that, uh, the wailing noises, whistling, I've heard someone, it sounded like, <clears throat> it sounded like there was birds around him doing like a, like a, a cooing noise, just like a coo, coo, like this, right? And then once he started going, is anybody out there? And he starts, he starts yelling out because this dude's a, a prospector. He's out there, he's digging, and suddenly he's just going, no, I can hear someone. He goes, it sounds like there's kids. And then as he says that, 
like he's about to yell out again, and as soon as he's about to yell out, the cooing turns into whistles, <laughs> like this. And even I heard that, and after hearing all these all these other encounters, I realized, oh my god, that was it. Whatever it was that was following him, it was like <laughs> they were talking around him, you know, like. <laughs> Well, it's but, funny uh, you brought up that that uh, saying, "Mom." If you listen to a uh, baby black bear over here in the states, when they're a little cub, when they're they're calling out like f- for the their mom, they a- it actually almost sounds exactly like that. They're like, "Wow, yeah, right, yeah," and it's like, yeah, wow. "Whoa, that's crazy!" But <laughs> it seems <laughs> like freaky, in a lot it? of languages. There's the D sound in reference to dad and the M sound in reference to mom. I wonder if that's mm. like something that's not just like the humans came up with necessarily, but it's something that's like an inherited trait where there's other species like Bigfoot possibly that still use mm-hmm. kind of the same noises to refer to the same thing. Like maybe the M is known as being like a feminine sound, like but we the actual even vibration realize. of it. Yeah. And then yeah, same with the yeah. D is more of like a masculine <laughs> sound just from the vibration of it. Mm. Makes sense. I brought up the uh, the Sierra sounds here. I'll, I'll play them for you guys real quick. That's our job. Probably the more we want for tracks, the more I pursue her. Now, for reference, the guy that you hear is Ron Moorhead actually calling back to them. That's what I was about to ask. <laughs> but you get, you get the idea. <laughs> but yeah, you sound they 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 sound so manly, so so mm-hmm. um compelled for very chesty. Eh? <laughs> yeah, like when they're done, I mean, I'm I'm a decent sized guy. I can't even get my my chest to fill that much with with air to get something that forceful out. You know what I mean? Mm, and then mm. I mean, they sound manly, but I'm sure the the feminine ones are way bigger than like an adult male of course so even just like their vocal range like for low for a female bigfoot is still probably lower than like an adult male human you know mm-hmm. mm. oh, I, I i've heard uh, a lot of birds actually have two sets of vocal cords so they I, can actually do two two sounds at the same time yeah I wonder if these things have got maybe like layers of vocal cords, more than one set of vocal cords going up their, their esophagus. 
Never thought of that. Something like this to be able to be able to make some of these noises that they can make is is yeah, pretty pretty incredible. I mean, that That's would theoretically like make sense. Encounters where they. Oh, I was yeah, yeah, that would make sense why we can only hear certain ones because maybe cer- different vocal cords will vibrate at different frequencies or vibrations. So we're only yeah. hearing like, like it, all the sound is happening at the same time where it's like four layers of sound on top of each other. But we could theoretically maybe only hear one of those sounds happening, and then there's still mm. the other three that make it an intricate language where we're only hearing like you were kind of saying like listening to somebody else in a different language talk. You're only catching the noise that isn't familiar in your language, right? Mm. It, well, and they're known to uh, produce infrasound as well. And that's something that, you know, us as humans can't, can't hear, but you can feel it. And tigers and, and lions use, use the same thing when, when they're hunting prey, though so it, it's such a low frequency, but it puts the prey in a, in a sense of uh, being scared that they kind of freak out and then they, boom, they pounce and, you know, get their prey. Mm-hmm. And if Bigfoot can do that, Sasquatch, Yowie, whatever, you know, that would make sense to have more than, you know, one set of vocal cords to get these different ranges per se. Do you mm. think it's a combination of that and the fact that it's like that natural instinct of there being an apex predator that gives people that like twilight feeling when there's a Bigfoot nearby, but they don't quite know that yet? Because I know mm. I remember last time I talked to up, he was talking about where he had an experience kind of like that. And um, yeah, I feel like, yeah, there's probably there's probably more to it. Maybe there's different levels of things going on that's causing that layer of people freaking out because there's some people that'll just kind of get that vibe to just kind of leave the area and then there's the people that'll actually get sick sick from it so i wonder mm. if it's uh mm. you know when they're just in the area that's maybe when people have the idea to leave but when they start using that other vibrational sound that we may not be able to hear maybe that's what starts causing like that sick sickly effect because you kind of get the same thing too from uh when you reach certain levels of frequencies um you'll start you know people will start getting like sick from the frequency mm. so, I wonder if that's like what yeah. partly what they may use for hunting too, even not just people, well, but just in general, just hunting. Sound, sound is all pressure, so it's all way waves through the air. So if you're able to then uh, um, vibrate the air around you, um, but for it to actually then penetrate the body somehow, or is it actually a wavelength going through the ear? Is it is it um, like you know when a cat uh, a cat uh, purrs, it's a very deep, low sound, but it's it's not necessarily their vocal cords, is it? How do they, how does a cat purr? Yeah, because when you listen question. to them, it sounds like they're it's coming from like lower in their body. If you like, put your ear deep, against the cat. Yeah, real, yeah, really deep within the um, yeah, the chest cavity or so, or something. But if if their whole body is then vibrating at that rate, are they then their whole body becomes the uh, the speaker, the 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 cone on the speaker. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. So rather than it coming out of their mouth, it's actually being projected from their body, almost almost like a, a cat purring, or like you said, that 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 infrasound. Because if you open a door, if you go to a house, right, you can measure infrasound just by opening a door in a house. So that change in pressure is the definition or an example of infrasound. You can even get like a, a, a pressure monitor and you can hold it up high, get the pressure reading, and then drop it down to the ground. And that change in pressure 
is the same as infrasound. Hmm. So even if you're in a room and then someone opens a door, you can feel it. You can feel someone actually open that door in the whole room. You know that change in pressure that you get? Mm-hmm. You feel that that vortex, that that is that is what infrasound is. So that almost makes you wonder too, if uh, our ears were geared differently, would you would you be able to hear that changing of of tone in the air? You'd be hearing fucking all these things around you. <laughs> you'd, you'd be hearing everything else that's around you as well, not just them, but <laughs> like you've Put got me in a you've fucking got, straight know, jacket. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you'd be you'd like uh, we've got uh, out here. We've got the uh, the Mimi spirits, uh, Quinkin. And uh, I just sent you a few pictures of them on your on your Telegram too, some some extra. Uh, I think they're paintings, descriptions, and whatnot. But the uh, the Quinkin have different clans of they're actually called good chaos and bad chaos. And so um, the smaller ones, all the these these angry Quinkin, uh, are short and stubby. They got like a kangaroo tail, shape of a man, but like very big bat ears. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. And then beneath them, you'll see the ones underneath. <clears throat> the tall ones mm-hmm. underneath are the are the quinkin. I think that's that could be someone giving birth as well. There, there's the next lot, the lot skinnier ones. The I think it's the uh, there's another pick there. That's them. That's that's quinkin. Uh, sorry, that's oh, the mimi damn. spirits. So these tall, skinny mimi spirits, um, they were the ones that are taught cave painting. Cooking with fire, hunting kangaroos, uh, music—they taught a lot of culture to the to the to the Aboriginals, to the Ab Aboriginals rather than the originals. So there's a lot of Aboriginals down south and on the south end that say that they're original people, but there's some that say that when they got to Australia, the Mimi spirits taught them these these cultures mm. of this land. So there's there is different laws here describing different things and whether. Like the uh, the oldest skeleton, human skeleton we found in Australia is Mungo Man and Mungo Woman, and they're both from Mungo Lake, just down in South Australia, in the uh, salt flats. There's like salt plateaus where a lot of the water runs from northern Australia, ends up settling south in um, Mungo this this Mungo Lake, and um, <clears throat> it's like uh, the uh, uh, monsoonal rains eventually end up. Eventually running up down there. But uh, they were dated at, um, I think, just shy of 40,000 years old. And he was easy over six foot. So he's very tall. Mm. Um, The footprints that were discovered around 20,000 years were found with a footprint of uh, 30 centimetres. So just shy of a foot, a full foot. Um, and a pace of over three meters. So these were the people oh, that were living here at the time. And this, this was running. They were running after a kangaroo. And one of them, they realized they, they actually got, uh, some Aboriginal trackers, some, some old school trackers from another clan to come out to look at these, these feet, these footprints that they had discovered in Lake Mungo. And, um, they said that these group were hunting a kangaroo. And in fact, one of the gentlemen, that was chasing this kangaroo had one foot and the other leg was a peg leg what? 20, <laughs> 20 something thousand years ago. Holy shit. Keeping up three, chasing the kangaroo. Three, 
a three meter pace. Something like that, yeah. That's running. Like, they were they were yeah. running with a foot the size of I think it was about twenty nine to thirty centimeters long. That's like nine feet in between each stride. Yeah, yeah. That's so they, they, whoever was here, they were they, they weren't they weren't short, stocky people. No. They were very tall. Yeah. And in fact had had artificial limbs. <laughs> <laughs> um so these 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 could have been the the, the mimis, but the uh, in in Aboriginal culture, each individual person has multiple uh, spirits and imaging uh, mirror image spirits in the spirit realm. And then when you die, you remate you you um, combine again with the area of uh, these these spirits. So these spirits <clears throat> are known as the ancestors. Now, at some point, these ancestors, you go back far enough, did come from the Mimi. They did come from the, the Dulagal, the, 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 the rocks, the trees. They are all everyone's ancestors when you go back far enough. So when in, in Australia they talk about ancestors, that they actually, like, uh, they're spirits. And so the Mimi spirits, um, they have pets. They live in the caves. They live in the cracks. They look after the animals that are in their area. They go fishing at night. They do ceremony just like us, but they're like in the night, if you know what I mean. So mm -hmm. we're during the day. They're during the night. Uh, I believe in America, <clears throat> you've also got, uh, you know, small hairy men. You've got mm -hmm. rock spirits, uh, almost identical to fairies. We've got the same thing here. But, um, very short, you know, 300 gram little creatures running around. You could refer to as fairies that ride baby crocodiles. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, the uh, the quinkin, I think the the very short quinkin up north. So yeah, the ones down here they'll actually look after the animals in the local area. So if you happen to kill an animal which they regard as their pet, they're not going to be happy. Don't be around during the night. Shit. <laughs> shit. Have there been uh, so, sightings of these things, or is it more like uh like people know they're there, they may experience them or feel that they're around, but they haven't physically seen them? I've heard of two with a Mimi, um, and this is this is this is I'm I'm very interested in these ones too because they're uh, very communicative too. They will hide behind trees and follow you. They love music. They want dance. Um, there's been two reportings that I've I've heard of, and both of them are very different. I have uh, one of one of them's a, an experience, but the other one is very cultural orientated. It's very unique and I, I don't think I would have really understood it unless I kind of looked at the Mimi and, and then everything else and uh, especially the culture and the way that spirits work and the way that this this other realm works you know the the, the law of the the, the law of the Yowie you know the mm. way the Yowies treat each other the way they treat us is very indicative of the way that uh, one of these experiences have taken place so I've got the first one uh, the, the first one was a a dude he was he was hiking through um this area here in the blue mountains actually i think uh not far from here he would have been oh, 20 kilometers away you know 30 kilometers away but yeah it's not far from here <laughs> <laughs> so he um uh he had heard noises like a clicking you know the whole predator noise and he looked across and he could see his tall it was easy about two meters tall um but thin like a broomstick like only, mm -hmm. only, only an inch wide, with a little bulbous head, 
And then it it wasn't happy. He was around. It was kind of clicking. Then it was looking at him. Didn't like him. <laughs> he got the chills, you know. <laughs> Everything went silent around him and whatnot, the whole infrasound type of style. And then it just made its way into a crack in the cliffs, just pulled its way in and just disappeared. Huh. And he, he, he freaked out and left, right? So this is the type of experience um, that you would have kind of generally with them. They do. They 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 have weapons, so they will have spears. They have clubs. They'll they'll fish. So they use tools like man. They uh, blackness. They're just like black burnt, pure charcoal. Mm. But you'll never see them out in the wind or in storms because they apparently they'll get they'll get blown away. They'll snap in half. Right? <laughs> they're too thin. <laughs> so. <laughs> Unless it's just their own fear that they live in the caves. They want to stay in the caves in the crevices, right? Uh, when you see the sandstone cliffs, you'll, especially I hear that because they're also curved and, and, and the shapes of them, they cast these black shadows in between the crevices. So you could almost see the shape of the mimi just in the shape of the cracks, if you know what I mean, mm. in, the, in the sandstone. But um, uh, this other encounter was... Um, this one woman, she was a nurse and uh, she had a bad time in uh, the place she was at. She'd seen a lot of death, very, I think it was uh, natal. So a lot of babies, a lot of, lot of bad things that she'd seen. She, she wasn't happy. So she had some PTSD um, and some of her friends invited her to uh, a big gathering, big uh, Aboriginal gathering. So it's, it's mainly designed for people who have only just really – found out that they're actually Aboriginal. So going back in their few generations or one of their grandparents or something was actually Aboriginal. And they just realised this and so they get taken out of the country and get initiated and, and, and go through ceremony to get up to scratch basically. And um, one of these places she went out, she's I, I don't think she was Aboriginal, but she went with them. They're not sure. She might actually have... Somewhere have some Aboriginal in her. But uh, they were out there the first night and um, it's a big festival. So it's a big ceremony. It's called a corroboree. They go out and then um, – so they set up the camp and everything else. The, 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 the campfire is, is another spot. They all camp that night and then someone's washing up the dishes and the, 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 the woman that was doing the dishes didn't, didn't, didn't feel good. She felt uneasy, right? And I think they're out there for a week. They're out there for a good few days, right? It's out in the middle of nowhere. And she doesn't really know anyone else here. But uh, she felt pretty bad. So she went into the toilet and cried. She just had, you know, a bit, bit, bit overwhelming for everything. She had a bit of a cry. She came out, felt better, and got back into it. Uh, they did ceremony. She said it was quite you know, amazing. The energies in the air and the area and everything. It was a very special area. And uh, for some reason that night, at some point, they're leaving the fire. She didn't feel too, too like one night they stayed around the fire and they thought, no, this night we're going to stay with everybody else. We're going to stay back at the camp. And uh, she had this feeling. She turned around and then next to the fire, like everyone's on one side of the fire, but on the other side of the fire was this big hulking person. And it started like wailing out to her, kind of pointing at her. And she's like, oh, that's, you know, it's a bit odd. But then as she looked, it got louder and louder. And as it's getting louder, it grew. 
and it started to grow. But as it grew, the dimensions would shrink. So as it was getting taller, it was getting thinner. And it was coming towards her and it was getting louder and louder. And she just collapsed on the ground. I'm screaming, like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, what is this? And then it got so big that she said it started to get un un unsteady. It started to, to flop around like it was off, off kilter, you know? Mm -hmm. It was too tall. And it's getting bigger and bigger and like massive, like five, six, seven, eight, nine meters tall kind of thing. But the taller it got, it got thinner and thinner and thinner until it just vanished. Now, after this had happened, as she was screaming, the other there was, there was another uh, dude just in front of her that turned around and, and did witness her collapse to the ground in a heap. And then afterwards, all the elders got together and they all started talking and they're like, you know, made sure she was all right, looked after and everything else. But then they were all, everyone else was talking about it. It's a, it was a big, it was a big, uh, it was a big faux pas. Something had gone wrong, right? Now the, there's back back to just a story that I've heard, or like a cartoon. Little there's a little little cartoon that they made about a mimi, and the mimi spirit was the boy that he, his his dad was a good hunter. He was he was uh, he could get water. He could he could do all these things, and the boy couldn't do it. The boy couldn't get the the. He tried to go out and get the duck. He couldn't get the duck. He couldn't get the kangaroo. He kept tripping over and scaring the animal out of the way and not being able to hunt. But then he got angry <clears throat> and he went off somewhere else. He sat down and he started throwing rocks at the ground or throwing sticks one after the other. Like it would, it would, it would hit the ground and make a vibration like this. But it was with the intention that he had behind it as he was doing it. He was unhappy. He was depressed about his culture and about what himself and about what he could and can't do. And it was very similar to this girl. She was, they, they were there for a specific reason at this ceremony. So there had to be a certain <clears throat> intention, vibration in, in the air for that ceremony to take place properly. And she's there crying with depression, PTSD, thinking about death and all these pains secretly in the toilet and not involving herself with the others in some fashion. <clears throat> So she went in there unprepared, and I think this is why this Mimi spirit came, because in the in the the cartoon or the story, when the boy gets, he starts throwing these stones on the ground. <clears throat> the Mimi are dancing under the ground, almost like a reflection of of our world mm -hmm. under the ground, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And they they hear the sticks, and so they come up and grab him. <laughs> they grab him and disappear him for the night. <clears throat> and then the father in the car and the father then's like, where is he? Where's he gone? And so he starts doing his song. The song that his tribe has learned from the Mimis for thousands of years. And as he as he sings, his his hair starts to come out, yeah. It grows out and his beard grows and it and it travels looking for his son through the music, through the song. And then it finds his son, and then his son comes back, learnt from the Mimi. Learnt, learnt, learnt the cultures again and understand the 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 law, you know? Mm -hmm. So that morning he comes back and he's, you know, that's that's the story ending of the of, of the boy learning from the Mimis, you know? Because of his stubbornness and his and his depression and his unhappiness, throwing the sticks and the rocks in the bush. 
it's one thing they say you don't do. You don't run around the bush throwing sticks and stones and in the bush because you're going to wake mm. them up. Yeah, that's crazy. And so going back to this 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 poor woman, <laughs> she um <laughs> she had this experience, and then everyone else was talking about it, yeah? and she never understood what it was all about. She goes, she always wanted to know. She always wanted to work it out. And I'm wondering if that's basically what had happened. Yeah, she went in with the wrong intentions and they were trying to possibly help her and distract her from her own mind. (laughs) Yeah, almost, yeah. Like, they'll get another. It was was growing to actually, like, the arms were reaching out in almost almost like a big bear hug type of style. What you you describe is almost like an ayahuasca trip. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty gnarly. I mean, it's it's yeah. all it's it's very interesting in in, in Australia. There, um, there was uh, herbs and botanicals that could be used to create a stupor. Yeah, like a like a <laughs> you drunk like a drunk feeling. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But um, they did make weak alcohols out of some of these nectars, um, but. For ayahuasca and and um, psychotropic club of things, um, I don't think they they really they never really delved into that as much. Or there's definitely DMT out here. There is chemicals out here. There is chewing tobaccos called pituri, and they mix that with an ash. And someone someone <laughs> one of our friends thought, yeah, it'd be great. You know, he's going to go out and try some of this. So he's out in the desert. He starts eating this shit. He's almost had a fucking heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> it was way too strong that it thought. <laughs> so, so it can it can really get that that rush that uh, a very powerful uh, stupor basically. Um, and in I mean in one of these uh, stupors, if you could use that as a, as a gateway, you know, to get to other realms, uh, is possible. But it wasn't encouraged. If, if uh, you either had abilities or you didn't. You know, and if you did see something and you don't have ability or you're not recognized to have an ability and you've seen something, that's a message for someone else to be able to translate for you. There's a message there somewhere, you know. It's it's not by accident, you know. It was for a reason that you, that sh- this this woman had seen this this spirit. It was a message that had purpose. It's not just a random incident if it happens. So every incident like this that does happen, uh, any, any yell encounter or something, there is um other levels behind and this this is this is most traditional cultures it's it's not by coincidence that it happens that there is a direct reason there is always a reason for it now speaking of yaoi encounters let's jump into some of your your encounters that you've experienced in the bush yeah well for me it was only last couple of years that i've actually kind of realized (laughs) Realize what's going on around us <laughs> <laughs> on this on this uh, this uh, cryptid type of type of realm. Uh, but only takes one experience, set. and then you hop in. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> yeah. It was it, well. I was about I think it was probably about seven at the time, and uh, we've got like I said, we got we got we got limestone, a lot of limestone down here too from the um, the old the old ocean layers and it's all hollowed out like most places you get a lot of caves we were at a place my father um he was a he was a big um um you know rovers rovers like uh 
high levels of scouts, you know, for for mm. for over 18s and stuff. Okay. Do a lot of caving, diving, you know, all this climbing and stuff like this. So he, he's a he was um ex ex army and stuff like that. So he, he loved all this stuff. So he used to take us out. So we went to these caves, and one, one of them's an easy 230 meters deep. There's uh there's one that locals used to use as a, a cathedral. Um, there's a few of these different caves out there, and um, it's called Bungonian Caves, Bungonia. So it's a bit further south from Sydney, and um. I had never heard of any of these things. Yowie's like most Aboriginal culture didn't, you know, I knew the dreaming and the rainbow serpent, you know, <laughs> it's basic stuff. And, um, but we're out here doing these caves and, um, I'm pretty adventurous. So I'm, I'm finding places that no one else could go into. I'm only seven. So I'm, I'm going to get in this hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll run around doing all this stuff. And, um, so I got, I got covered in stuff, but we had these, these caving jumpsuits on and everything. And, um, Anyway, that night we're around the fire. There was a whole bunch of us, dad's friends and me, my my older brother and one of our neighbor's sons. He's a little bit older than us. And um, we're around the campfire. The car's parked on the tree line, good 50, 100 meters away. And I'm like, uh, I'm itchy. I want to go and get changed. I want to go and take this off and get my other clothes on. And they're like, yeah, yeah, there's the car over there. And I'm like, I don't want, like, okay, I'm going to have to brave this. <laughs> <laughs> walk in the dark over to the car right so um no torch just started walking over you could see the car you know it wasn't far i get halfway and then in mid-step there's this growl like uh like uh i don't know how to describe just like a like stop you know but it Almost as if like a like a Rottweiler. You walked onto someone's property and there's a Rottweiler that's just seen you and they just let that growl out. So like a low you know, guttural growl? Yeah, yeah. I'd never heard anything like it. See, we've got koalas. Koalas could sound like demons, right? I'd be fooled if you're a koala, right? They're, yeah, yeah. I'd be fooled by them. <laughs> but uh, they, um, there's, uh, this, this was no koala. Now, a lot of people do confuse a koala with like a like a some type of yowie or something but this was i i i i stopped in in mid stride like it's hard to describe eh? because i'm looking around there's nothing there. there there's there's nothing in front of me i turn back and look at the campsite and go well i'm dead set halfway like i'm right in the middle between both sides and i look back at the camp and i'm like oh i can't chicken out eh? I can't chicken out. Took another step and then uh, took one more step and then mid-step on the next step, it growled again. And it was just crazy the way it it was directed at you. You know what I mean? It's like, It was like... Uh, your, could you feel it in your body? I don't know. I don't know. It was... It was, it was just there if... <laughs> I just turned and fucking went straight back to the campsite and they're like, well, what's wrong? And I'm like, I can't. I said, there's something over there. It, it won't let me get to the car. Whatever it is, it doesn't want me to get to the car. There's something there. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I get something growled at me. Like, what do you mean growl? There's nothing out there that can growl. There's nothing in Australia that will growl at you. There's, just, there's nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, and they're going, there's no, what do you mean? And then I'm like, oh, just. Yeah, anyway, don't worry about it. I'll be right. And then I'm like, but I'm sitting there and I look to my, my older brother and I'm like, 
something growled at me. There's something, there's something there. Like, <laughs> like I don't know what it is. He's like, stop, stop it, stop it. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to look scared and, and, and for them not to bring us out again, you know, because we're only young, you know, this is our first, you know. And, um, and so I'm just like, yep. And then bang, gone. Totally forgot about it. Totally forgot about that night. We're feeding a little possum some meat. We um, boiled up spaghetti bolognese or whatever, and we um, this possum comes down the tree and comes right up to us, and we start feeding it some some mince meat. Totally forgot about the rest of it. And then, um, say three years later, I was about ten, so I was I was old. I was, I was the oldest out of the group of the kids that was running around the stage. <laughs> um, we went to a, a family friend's birthday, and they had a big barbecue. But they lived on um, the edge of a national park. Now national parks are full of fire trails. They're just there to make sure we have access down there to be able to put it out if there's a fire, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so everyone's cooking up food. They're having a party and everything else. There's a bunch of kids. And um, the, the girl that lived at the house was about my age. So... We're like looking down the fire trail. And we're like, let's can we go? Can we go for a walk? Let's let's go for a walk. She can show us. So we told all the parents what we're doing, where we're going. And um, I'm like, oh, I'm the oldest this time. It's 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 me taking instead of my older brother. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, okay, all right, let's go. You know, I'm I'm, I'm out the front. No, yeah, I'll check it out. You know, we get about 100, 150 meters down the track. And uh, it's kind of a sloping trail. It goes probably about five five degree slope. And there's to the right, there's the cliff. And then we're walking on the road. And then there's another, the, 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 the rest of the valley falls to the left of us and then goes back up the other side of the hill, probably about 50 feet away. So 30 meters or something. <clears throat> we're walking down the trail. And then in the middle of the trail, we was this big uh, eastern water dragon tail. Now, eastern water dragon is like a – it's a lizard, but they're not – they they look like a dragon, yeah? They look like mm-hmm. – they're all scaly, like a more of an iguana type of looking thing, not like a skink, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's – um there's this big tail, and I used to I, – I, I used to chase them around down the river where I live, try and catch them, you know? These big – some of them got really big, you know, up to almost a meter, you know? So trying to catch these big things, <laughs> So I'm like, wow, look at this lady. There's this tail just lying here, you know? And I'm like, but it's it's got the chunky bit at the end, you know? So I'd, whether it was ripped off or whether the, the, the lizard had dropped the tail to try to run away, either way, there was this giant tail lying there. And I'm like, wow. So I picked it up and I'm looking at it. I'm thinking as a kid, you know, I'm going to dry this thing out. Stick in a hat. <laughs> 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 some, some, I don't know, something with it. I'm going to skin this thing, you know? And um, but I'm looking at it, and and at the very end of the of the, the the tail where it connected to the rest of the body was still bloody. It was still very fresh, still meaty, like tender, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, you could see the fat, like it was opaque. You know, there was nothing wrong with it. It was like fresh. And I'm like, well, why isn't it moving? You know, a lizard drops its tail, it moves. Yeah, tries yeah. to <laughs> tries to get away. This thing's nothing in it. There's nothing in it. It's dead. Nothing. Nothing moving. And I pick it up and all the kids gather around and I'm like, look at this, like this big tail and this and that. And it was it was right in the middle of the path, like almost set for us to see it, you know. And I don't know whether I handed it to someone else or whether I thought to myself, I'm gonna keep this. And then down the valley, 
just to the left of us. And then as, as you know, the little creek line at the bottom, and it starts to go back up the other way. There's a big, uh, like a G-bung type of shrub. So it's like a big bassoonia type of pine, weeping pine kind of tree. Okay. Only about, only about one and a half, two meters tall type of thing. It just starts shaking. Left, left to right, like, shaking like this. And then some of the other kids look and like, oi, look. And so we all stop and look at this tree just shaking in the bush. We're staring at it and then suddenly it just stops and then like these these type of footprint noise and, and, and the scrub kind of moving as something walked away from it. And I'm looking at the girl that lives here and I'm like, what's that? And she's like, a kangaroo? And I'm thinking like, there's, but there, 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 there's no kangaroo. There's, there's nothing there. There's, there's just sticks and shrub, and then this tree, this, 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 this push, moving, <laughs> and then the sticks and everything kicking up as it storms away. Whatever, whatever it was, jumps away, or walks, whatever. But there was nothing there. There, it, whatever it was, it was totally fucking invisible. None of us saw anything. And she just looked at me with these gobsmacked eyes and just ran. We all ran. She went up talking to her parents, saying something to her parents. And um, we started talking about it with mum, dad, and everyone else. And they're just like, oh, it's just a, you know, whatever. Totally dismissed it, you know. And then bang, it's gone. Totally forget about it. Is, uh, <clears throat> is there Aboriginal legend about Yowies being able to like cloak themselves somehow? Uh, the right, the right, um, we don't so much have shaman here. We have, they, they call them clever men. Um, I, I think they believe more that shamans will do sorcery, witchery and, and take substances to make it work. But the, the, the clever man here, they just know, they know how it works. So we even have Aboriginals that can do that. Oh shit. Yeah. It's not, yeah, that's, that's, that's what's going to blow me away a bit about looking about the past, ancient stories, uh, shaman in South America do the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's well known that there's the veil that some people can see and use and some can't. So for, 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 for them to see, yeah, we do these things, it's just, yeah, and you you think it'd be any different? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's it's only us that think that it's 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 reversing that way of thinking. So I mean, even even uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, the the author uh, wrote about the um, ancient Americas. Graham Hancock. Mm. Graham Hancock was out here and witnessed something similar. He witnessed a clever man um, muck around with the fire and they all said, show us a trick, go on, show us a trick. And he, he did something and then suddenly he disappeared and then comes up behind them going, what's up? And he's like, I've got his arm around his wife like this going, what's up? And his wife was behind the fire, behind the crowd. And like, show us a trick. And he, I can't remember if, if he threw something into the fire, he, he did something and there's gravel. So every, every, everything around them is gravel. And they're all like, fuck, where's he gone? He's disappeared. And they all like turn around. He's just got his arm around his wife. His wife like, huh? 
Like, where did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> and then, then his wife's like, oh, I haven't, I haven't seen him do that trick before. <laughs> <Like this. laughs> and uh, everyone was too scared to ask him, what, what was that all about? You know, how did he do that? Was it this and that? So until the next morning, someone had the balls to come up and ask him because he had these piercing eyes, yeah. And uh, he's like, they're like, how, how did you do that? And he's like, it's easy. Don't you see the veil over there? And they're like, <laughs> what, what, nope. what are you talking about? He goes, don't you see that drape, that curtain? And they're just, what? And he goes, I just Googled. That's, that's why. He goes, I can go around that and you don't see it. So I disappear. Wow. Now, whether it's tongue in cheek as he's saying it, but I don't know. But yeah, Graham Hancock apparently witnesses. <laughs> so it's <laughs> crazy. I mean, mm. if, if these, uh, uh, Aboriginal, uh, would, would you call them again? Because over here, like we just call them like shamans or whatever. Uh, clever men. clever men, yep, clever men, yeah, yeah. Cle- clever, if, clever men or clever women, too. If if they can tap into that, what makes us think that Sasquatch, Yowie, or any of these others don't tap into that as well? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. That could be where the portal concept comes from. Is it's maybe not even a portal, it's just their ability to step behind the veil, so to speak. Everybody wants mm, to think Bigfoots right. are interdimensional, but it may not that <clears throat> may not be the case whatsoever. It could, like yeah. you said, go back to the Yowie legend because I feel like they're the oldest legends when it comes to Bigfoots, and like that would make a lot more sense to me. I feel that they just have this ability to go. I don't even want to call them dimensions, but just like behind the veil of like the other reality that is also our reality. It's not in a different dimension, but it's, yeah, it's, that's right. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. No, we, it's 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 not so much uh, they are interdimensional. It's just that the realm that we live in is interdimensional. It's multidimensional. It's just that we only experience. I mean, we, I mean, theoretically, we experience more than one dimension. I guess we right could call now. them planes then, because yeah. like interdimensional makes it sound like it's something totally different than what we're trying to describe. But yeah, something like different else planes F, within the yeah, same reality, yeah. you know. Mm, mm. <clears throat> so I have to ask, what did you do with the tail? It's long gone. Dropped it round. <laughs> Dropped it round. Uh, I was, yeah, I, I, I had to put all that mental strength into my feet, maybe. To keep up with everyone it. else. I probably and, would uh, shit my pants. <laughs> I, I, it would just, uh, we're, we're, kind, we're, we're kind of looking at, at, at a shrub and it's shaking. And then you can see the, the leaf litter get kicked up as whatever it is leaves the area. But it's just us kind of, kind of comprehending what we're looking at. You know what I mean? The like, mm-hmm. the first image in my head was a kangaroo, and that it jumped around and then it, it its tail just happened to hit the tree as it ran. But as I'm thinking that, the tree's still whacking left to right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <clears throat> so there was, it was how can I say? I, I was actually talking to this. Uh, I think it's called Mountain Mountain Girl Bigfoot on on Twitter, and she said that she gets uh, uh, this. Pressure. A lot of people talk about pressure, or, or I think she gets a feeling of um, don't go down that trail. Yeah, like it's a, almost an, an instinct. But for me, the experiences that I've had with this was not so much the growl. The growl was just very um, physical. There was nothing particularly out of this realm with it, except for the fact that there's nothing here that makes that noise, except for giant animals that mm-hmm. don't exist, so to speak. But this this the second one. There was a group of us, and we're all looking at each other with this confusion. You know what I mean? Like, 
why would be why 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 was our uh, um, attention drawn so strongly to a tree whacking moving? You know what I mean, mm-hmm. right? What like what was significant about it? What was the lizard tail? What what did that the feeling that we had had that we when we picked it up kind of set, set the stage? There's a there's half a dead animal. <laughs> on the ground in front of us, it was picking up flame with you know what I mean. I mean, if it was a yaoi, do you think that it did it seem like it was intentionally set up? Like it could have been like yeah. a yaoi yeah, possibly exactly. trying to hunt for something else, and then once he realized that it was you guys, he tried to like do something to possibly scare you guys away. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, uh, you- ma- was it a gift? Could have mm. been. Yeah. Was it a gift for the girl that lived there, and I picked it up and claimed it for my own? And then it started shaking the tree, got the shits and left. Didn't work. Right. You know, so was it, was it that? Was it, was it, but I had, I I definitely think that whole thing had, was some type of, yeah. I mean, we were actually cooking squid, octopus up on that barbecue right next to the edge. God, that sounds amazing right (laughs) now. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, that would have been wafting through the trees. Was it, was it? Was it asking for food? Was there other people that knew that it was there that actually give offerings to it? Did mm. the girl actually have other experiences with it? Did, did this thing spy on this girl growing up? Maybe it was trying to do some do kind of I mean? trade off or something. Like it smelt the yeah. food and it was trying yeah. to say like, here, I'll give you this if you give me some of that. Mm. <laughs> and then as soon as we seen it and I made my decision about the, this, this, this tail, then it changed. I seen a kangaroo in my head. But that's not what I seen. Like, uh, like, uh, that's what I mean by this confusion. This, this, I'm looking at it, but at the same time, I'm picturing it in my head a kangaroo turning around and just its tail whacking the tree on the way past as it turned around. But it just, how thick was the tree? Was it like a pretty good sized tree or was it like a scrawny tree? Three inch diameter trunk, um, probably about two meters tall, one and a half to two meters tall. So it's only the size of a man. Super huge. Not massive, no, but oh. but enough to get your attention. It's, it's still in there. It's the only tree yeah. at the bottom of a valley that's going like like violently left to right. You know what I mean? You get you get like people that have encounters with Sasquatch here in the United States uh, reporting the same thing. You know, they'll be out there and all of a sudden, but even bigger trees than that. Big trees, yeah, like, yeah. It's just shaking violently, and and they mm. get this sense of dread, and and it's like okay, we need to get the fuck out of here. And I would take that as like, you took it that you needed to get out of there, but there was delay in that thought process a little bit. Whereas over here, yeah, yeah, like confusion over here, you hear stories like that. And immediately it's fear. It's like, we got to get out of here. Something's not Mm. right. Mm. Run. Mm. Well, now, now that I think about it, we, we, we've got Junjidi here as well. The Junjidi are the little hairy men to probably up, up to three feet, two and a half feet. Okay. We, we have them here in America. They go, mm. they, I think they just go by little people over here. They might, they might have mm. a native name. <clears throat> Shane no, I, it's, um, are they an offshoot of a Bigfoot or are they like their own separate species? Junjidi uh, are um, ancestor spirits. So, um, 15,000 years ago, a clever man dies, but he's been naughty. 
<laughs> so then he's now got his duty to then become a Janjiri. And so a Janjiri is actually a spirit or a soul. But it's more like as like a punishment rather than, you know, just yeah. Yeah. A duty. You 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 now have to make amends. You have a job to do. And so you're stuck now doing that. Um, so uh right up right up to this day, there's a lot of you could there's a there was a pub, right? And a lot of the locals there were Aboriginals and, and two of these clever men were not happy with each other. And they started arguing and this and that. They got thrown out of the pub. That night the pub was demolished. Internally, because the Janjidi, which accompany them, have been gifted to them, or that they've summoned to keep with them, had a war in the pub, demolished the pub, rolling around, bashing each other up, right? And, and this is, this is, so they're, they're actually always there, but for them, it's, it's, uh, you can go and visit them in the astro realm. So you can travel with them. They're like a, a friend or a, or a guardian within the, the astro realm or in the spirit realm. Um, guardian angel, basically, but they're cheeky. They're still human. They're, they're, they're still a 15,000 year old fucking <laughs> cheeky, clever man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so when, when, uh, one, one guy, uh, I've heard a story of his, um, with, with the Astro planning and everything, as he starts to doze off, he'll see his Janjiri sitting on the end of the bed or in the chair next to him, but as a short little Aboriginal man. The crystal blue eyes. That's what I was um, about to ask too. Um, <clears throat> when you see him in the astral plane, do they carry on their like small hairy man form, or do they look like how they used to look mm. before they um, were turned into that? Both. Both. I think it depends on their their. Um, apparently, this guy when he was first gifted brownie was, was the name that it was given. Because uh, these the, these other people had like thirteen of them, right? So he's oh, I'll, I'll give you this one if you're having troubles at home with poltergeist and stuff. We'll give you this, you know. We'll give you brownie, brownie. Go and look after him. He goes home with with this little orb that follows him around, and uh, his his little girl was only about two or three years old, and um, she started seeing a giant, ugly, hairy man running around the house, scaring her. You know, she didn't like it. And so he's gone back to talk to him and said, "Look, you've got to get rid of him." He's like, "No, no, no, it's all right. Just, just you have to tell him. You go, you gotta, you gotta just stay, in, stay away when the girls are out, right?" And um, so that got better. And then, uh, but apparently, he got haunted a lot, and you would see these these orbs fighting, bouncing around all the time. But the Janjidi by himself isn't just as good. It's not. It's good, but they 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 work in it as a team. So they're, they're like, uh, they're the tricksters. So when you're out bush, there's there's another story of you would have a Janjidi, it would run past, it would scream past and knock the spatula off your uh, little cooking bench and run off to the other side. And every time it runs past and flicks it or knock something off, it gets further and further away from the table. And it gets the person and lures them further and further away from the camp, you know, so they can see mm. that. Trouble, troubles are so they're very they're very trickster like that like like you said with the with the, with the bigfoot they'll shake the tree throw a rocket you or something but they they're not they generally leave you alone mm-hmm. the janjidi uh go they go next level they, they will come into your house stand at the end of your bed and shit and yeah 
how real ghosty. <laughs> how do you spell Junjity? J U N J U D E E T E E Junjati. I was sitting here looking on my phone. I'm like, you guys got some weird cryptids over there. D E yeah D N. So the Junjadi means like a uh, devil devil. And that's basically what they're associated with. They're very cheeky. They can, they can, they're very violent. They can, um, they, you've got to be more wary of them than you would of the Bigfoot. Okay. Of a, of a Dulagar. Dulagar, Jindaran. Being tricksters, uh, we have something over here, kind of in the Northeast region called a Pukwaji. And they do similar things where they'll lure people away from their camp, get out into the forest and what have you, and then lure them in, either into a portal or like encourage them to jump off a cliff or, you know, commit suicide or something like that. So it's, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. similar yeah. to what you're, you're kind of talking about. And so it's and, a very, very eerie thing. Isn't it? Yeah. But I could be confusing that with the, with the native Americans call the little people, the little people do that too. They're, they're like a little, they're they're tricksters. They'll they'll keep luring mm. you further and further and further, and the next thing you know, you're you're completely lost. You don't know where you are in the woods. So yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of similarities between a lot of these, you know, smaller cryptids. Is uh is that one known for being hairy? Also, like maybe they are the same thing. It's just two different names depending on the region. Mm. It's 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 weird because they they're supposed to be known to be a lot more spiritual. The the Junjari. They're kind of next level kind of thing. But um, there is incidences, maybe like uh, uh, this. This one guy was same same deal, just hiking through the bush, and he'd found a, a different path. So he's gone for that path, and he's noticed it was a wedge shape. So it was taller, it was wider at the top than it was at the bottom, like a game trail. So he's following it. It was going to take him to the, uh, um, the creek, and then he's seen a, a tree right next to the to the creek. That had um, um, a hand, a black hand hanging around the side of it. So he stopped, and he's like, "What? Is, what is this?" And then he's um, um, double talk. It it stuck its head around the corner and looked at him, mm. and it, it's only about four foot or something, red. So the 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 auburn auburn red color, and then he decided to just jump out in front of him. So he just jumped out in front of him, three to four feet tall. He's he's done some taekwondo stance, like ah, stop like this. <laughs> he waves its arms up at him, so it starts running at him with its arms up, and then stops and then throws its hands onto the ground, and that's when he's he's done his his stance. It turned and then ran, so like scattered up up the path towards the creek, turned around and looked at him and then roared at him to the point where you said that that, that uh, triple scale type of um, tones mm-hmm. that did rattle him. He said it, it really, like he was amazed by how loud and how powerful this was. And then it picked up a rock and threw it at him and it whistled just past his ear and then this thing just ran down the embankment and disappeared. So that doesn't sound very spiritual. Sounds like a fucking 
maniac. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. were saying that they were the clever men that did something bad in their life. So it almost makes you wonder if they're actually trying to make themselves better or if they're just like, fuck it, in for an inch and for a mile. I might as well have some fun while I'm at it. And they might yeah. just do the same shit that they're doing in their life that got them there in the first place. Hey, like, fuck yeah, it. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know about you, man, yeah. but if I was a ghost, I think the first thing I do would be jump out in front of somebody and just start screaming. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, yeah, yeah. They went back down there a few days, a few weeks later, uh, go and show a few people, and there was huge, great big um, branches that had been crossed to, to, to cross it off that had been placed there. So it was. Um, you get that here in America as well. Mm, mm. Almost like a now, block, see, like is... a "don't go this way" kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a mm, "this is our mm. our territory, stay out." That you know, if you come mm. across that, that's what is the belief here in America. You come across two big trees X, it, it or across the path, or or just even in the, like, say you stumble off trail and you're just kind of walking through the bush, you know for me you know hunting looking for you know wild mushrooms and, and what have you and i would if i would stumble upon on that i'd be like okay just gonna back up because not not supposed to be here it makes you wonder yeah, too yeah. how much of that stuff like there's a lot of similar things between dogman and bigfoot it makes you wonder like where that dividing line is because you hear stories about dogmen shaking the shit out of trees very vigorously um and you also hear about like the block path thing also with dogmen so it's like I wonder mm. wonder the, it, where like the differentiating thing is, and if that is the case where they have a lot of the same um, behavioral, they do a lot of same things. Um, like it makes you wonder if they there's a possibility that they may have stemmed from the same thing and then kind of like branched out into two different possible species, also. Or they just get along when they need to. Yeah, that's also possible too. Maybe they have that whole idea that it's like, this is my territory, this is your territory. Like we're neighbors. You say the fuck over there, I say the fuck over here. Mm. <laughs> in um, in a uh, original law, uh, the the spirit realm has got tribal law as well. Mm-hmm. So they have got their own their, um, hierarchical systems, structural systems. Uh, don't go and mess with the humans. You know. Don't eat your tribal food or your, your totem, your your totem, uh, your designated totem's food. Um, so you might see some yaois only eat possums, or they're, they're, they're not allowed to eat the the, the kangaroo or. Um, uh, so they have the spirit realm has the same laws that the tribes have. They 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 still have a tribal law amongst themselves as well. Um. Do you think that's where some of the behavioral things come from? Is it's not that it's something that's inherently done by like Dogman or Yowie or Bigfoot, but it's rather that they belong to some type of like other spiritual world and they just have these like specific rules or treaties within them. So it's not that the species are alike, it's just that where they come from may be the same place with the same rules. <laughs> it's, it's like you're uh, uh... Intergalactic Federation of Planets or whatever. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Each planet has their own. Yeah, but it's it's funny how people will channel and they'll come back saying that there is a, a an order, there isn't. Mm. They they have some type of LORE law, right? Uh, even even amongst the stars or wherever it is that there is a type of law, uh, type of system that to be uh, uh, 
I don't know, to, to um, how can I say, to redeem yourself or to actually keep the balances of self here on, on, in, in earth. If humans have free will and we're running around cutting down trees and, and destroying sacred places and all these other types of things, they have to come back to fucking rebalance those things or the whole world's going to fall apart. The whole universe will just collapse inside itself because <laughs> we're out here fucking doing shit. They need to come back and then build a TP structure on a certain area with a certain intent just to balance the areas because someone else somewhere else has built a big, huge fucking building here and it's offset the, 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 um, the ley line positions and, and, and energies that are flowing across the earth, magnetic fields and stuff. They kind of have a duty to come here to fix that. Otherwise, their entire realm will collapse as well as ours. See, it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm starting to connect some dots here that might might possibly go together. So I had uh, T- Tony Rodriguez on my show yesterday, and he's talking about how, like, talking about time travel, things like that. And he was saying that if people mess with time, that there's these beings that are beyond our reality that come back and pretty much correct it and then tell you that you can't do stuff. Like he was talking about this one story about how there was this German guy who was fucking with time and they pretty much pulled him out, put him for a thousand years into a rat and it was just the most miserable existence. And then he threw him right back to that moment where, where he fucked with time and they pretty much said, don't do it again and then disappeared. <laughs> so like that makes me wonder if there's this reality veil dimension, whatever you want to call it beyond ours, is it possible that, the th- creatures he was talking about that protect time and like the Yowie or Bigfoot that may be here to protect like nature might come from the same region or from the same reality place, whatever you want to call it. And they're like the ones that are intended to protect certain aspects of this reality to make sure that this reality keeps functioning properly. Damn dude. That's, that's deep. Totally <laughs> fucking yeah. Matt, I need, Manifested to, need to start smoking some weed again. Of the universe. <laughs> Dude, I'm not even high yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds very similar to the uh, 20 and back. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's the that's guy. That's exactly what yeah. he d- went through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard a few of them. Yeah. Uh, it's consciousness is, is timeless. Um, yeah. You. If if you can if you can um, harness your mind well enough, you could spend a thousand years time researching something in your mind, but only be sitting here on this plane for an hour. So, you, like, unfortunately, we all think to ourselves at the same rate that we talk. If if you can't understand what I mean. So yeah. if you're doing maths in your head, you can only do it as fast as you can do it as your eyes allow you. And yet your mind is so much faster than that. So imagine being able to have a conversation with yourself in your head. And then uh, I, I know I do that on a daily. Uh, sometimes I'll be interviewing or on a podcast and my thoughts are just so far ahead of me. I start stumbling over my own words. And it's like, I have to slow myself down if that kind of makes sense, you know, yeah, what I mean? because yeah. it's like, my mind's like, you got to get all these questions out or this thought out. And then you're like, and you're like, okay, slow down, pump the brakes. Let's take a deep breath here. I don't know about you guys, but I get that weird thing sometimes too, where like, I'll be thinking about three or four different concepts at once. 
And then Mm -hmm. it's like, I'll be trying to talk to somebody about something. But while I'm doing that, I'm also thinking about these three other concepts. And it's just like, it's hard to like project your words at that point. But it's like, obviously your head is working faster than the rest of you because it's may not be thinking faster than you can talk, but it still has the ability to have these like multiple feeds of different thought that are all happening continuously at the same time. And obviously projecting it out, there's only, you can only project one idea at a time. As fast as you can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, have you ever had that, and then all of a sudden, just poof? W- what was I just talking about? Like you had three or four, di- and and you're sitting yeah, the doorway there and you're it. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're like when you walk through the doorway, to somebody, and all gone. of a sudden, you you, you just like because I, I I've done this in the past, and people <laughs> all of a sudden they're they're looking at me like, dude, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I I don't even know what we were talking about. I don't I don't even know the direction yeah. I was going, and they're like, oh. <laughs> I just chalk it up. Hey, I sorry, I tart it out. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a it's a like um going going back to uh like it, it did it did it did spark an interest. What you were saying with with the whole uh time thing as well that um with balancing the energies and and things like that around us that um may maybe these things um manifested intention. Mm-hmm. and it's it's but it's, it's not it's not our manifestation it's that we've done something somewhere that has put a wrinkle over here we're just like bang this 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 being is created for one purpose to build this tp with it's it, it's it's its existence is pure intention so it does its thing and then it vanishes again because once it's done, its existence can no longer exist because the balance, the that the, the wrinkle has been has been smoothed out again. <clears throat> and going back with the mind, with the with this um, uh, thought processes and, and speeds and times within the mind, within Bible literature and, and most other literatures, there's something about humans that these other things can't do. And it might be that our own thoughts actually create these wrinkles to then um, manifest these other things, these other intentions that are around us. So uh, um, why don't we see, um, I have to say, why, why, why are these entities coming to us? Are they going to other planets? Is there Yowies on Zeta, Zeta, fucking ten. <laughs> yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Are they, are they, are they just? Yeah. Is it, is it like uh, aliens or these, these entities? Do they come to us because we actually um, create these wrinkles and these gaps where things can come through? And in, in doing that, that's why we can lose our thought process walking through a doorway or something. So it's, it's, it's just gone because we actually can, with our minds, wrinkle. The ether, or the or the the, the pl- our plane of existence with thought, using free will and, and these things, like uh, if uh, if say God doesn't actually forgive, and we've been created with free will to have the ability to actually forgive, so are a lot of these entities coming here for us? To forgive them, to give them passage to the next realm. So you get a lot of these aliens, a lot of these things, these entities that come here that they, they don't 
they just seem to be completely mindless, soulless things that are just hanging around us. But uh, once you say um, anything along the lines of uh, uh, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ or I rebuke you in the, in the name of the all-creator, they leave. But do we just actually forgive them <laughs> and let them go on the, on the, like on the same theory. level? See, it kind of makes me wonder, too, if I don't want to say like simulation theory exactly, because when you think of that, people think of like a computer game and I'm not meaning it in like a digital way. But Mm. like, what if this reality was created by something that was outside of this reality and we being in the reality, not saying that like we're gods in this reality, but like like we can change we can change the simulation ourselves from the inside. And that's what like manifestation could possibly be. That's a very good theory. Oh, cool. Thought, man, you go deep, Shane. <laughs> like hey, man, that's think on some things, man. <laughs> I feel like that's that's my thing with my podcasting is that like I'll start getting into it, and I don't know. I just think of some weird, crazy theories, and I always like yeah. end up hitting like a stopper for people. They got to like stop and think about it for a second, and I'm just like, well, hmm. you made me fucking stop and think about. It. I'm like, <laughs> I got two good ones to show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, holy what? <laughs> <laughs> almost every guest that i end up going on with dude i hit him with some kind of weird theory like towards the end of the show usually and it usually stumps him. like i got tony with one yesterday and i was talking about like time and stuff like that and he's like wow i never thought of it that way he had a good way of projecting that out <laughs> <laughs> so grub have you yeah. had any uh recent experiences with the yowie just just before i started realizing what was going on uh or get this this type of um more about what these things are i was up uh um just as the coronavirus started so 2020 um i'm i was i was looking at options i could see a lot of shit in the future collapsing uh food food lines and things like this and medicines and um started doing a looking at some of these different medicines and 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 things like this and i'm like these are all extracts or synthetic versions of Nature, natural mm-hmm. plants that are in there. And so I went out of my way to uh, learn some bush tucker and uh, some medicines, especially I found that just locally around here there is um, a native sarsaparilla vine that contains quercetin, which is a very similar active ingredient that's uh, very similar to ivermectin. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, bam, I'm going to get my hands on that. So <laughs> off I went. <laughs> Um, a lot of nectar, like a, like I said, n- that some of these, uh, w- the main food source during winter is nectar and rootstock. So it, it is, uh, uh, it's plentiful. It's, it is a main like food stock. <laughs> it's just nectar. So, um, I was up there in winter and it's just coming through with the sour currants. So we get like a, uh, chocolate block full of vitamin C sour is, is all get out. Uh, but you can boil them up and put enough sugar with them and it tastes exactly like uh, red currants or black currants, but they, they're just green, right? So I'm up there, I'm collecting some of these things and um, this is probably you know, second or third time I've been up there and um, we finished uh, work early. I'm like, uh, he's like, oh, you, you know, go home if you want. I'm like, fuck, I'm off, I'm going to the bush. So I went up there and kind of this, uh, this attitude of, you know, had me uh, earphones in, listening to a podcast or music or something. 
just stomp out in the bush and start looking at flowers and, you know, looking for some nectar or something and, you know, pull out some of this and eat that. And and then suddenly I kind of uh, – I had this overwhelming feeling that I'm just about to get arrested. And so I looked up to where the part of the car and where the where the, the end of the road is, the cul-de-sac where the, um, the, the fire trail starts. And I'm looking up there waiting for this whole big brush of police and everyone rocking up. And I'm thinking, what, what is going on? Like, I, t- I t- take my ear out. I'm like, looking around. I'm like, there's, there's, there's nothing around me. It's silent. So I'll put, put the ear back in, back to it, you know, do whatever. And then I'm just like, oh, what is, what? Turn around. Like, what? What do you want? What is it? And I'm kind of looking around me and, I'm, and there's, there's just, there's nothing. And I'm like, right, that's it. So I, I turn my phone off and I, I put my phone away and stop listening. I'm start looking around and I'm just like, I am totally not wanted in this place. Like mm. I'm just like, it feels like there's, there's police around every rock ready to jump out and fucking arrest me for something. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing something wrong, whatever it is. <laughs> like what, what is this? What, I can't get, I can't, I couldn't shake it. Out. So I've just like, Oh, I've got to leave this area. So I ended up going further down the trail a bit further and to another area. And the feeling went away. And I'm just like thinking about it, oh, what was that, man? So I start going down deeper into the trail and then I could hear some tractors, some, some bulldozers, some, some graters. So there was people down the very bottom of the hill grating the, the fire trail to um, clean it up. And that's when I, like, uh, like I thought, oh, I wonder if I could actually hear them through the ground, like a vibration. Or was it a, a, some other type of action taking place that, um. Uh, what was what was there an infrasound being projected from the machinery that I sensed? Was there a vibration through the ground that I sensed that just went no? Nah, there's something not right. But um, as I got further down, I could hear one of the tractors wanting to come back up the hill. I just had this urge. I'm 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 going to fucking beat this thing. I'm not going to let them know that I'm here. And so I started running back up the hill. And this is only a couple of years ago. And I'm like, what the. What the fuck, man? <laughs> what was that all about? You know, I'm just like looking over my shoulder. That, that the whole time was, oh, it was creepy as all get out, eh? And I left and then um, must have been a few months later or something, like uh, um, listening to the Bigfoot stuff and this and that, getting into it. And it, the, the panic still hasn't dropped yet until you hear about an experience where there's just that, that, that feeling, you know, there's just a projection. Or these, and it just took me back to that moment. I'm just... Oh, what the could could have could it have been something along those lines? There's been two written reports of this particular place called Bowen Mountain, the observatory at Bowen Mountain. There's a big observatory up there as well. That um uh one house was bashed on after it just been built. Every night it would come up and someone bash on the freaking brick walls, you know, and then wander off in the bush and they there's there's no one up there. It was like one of the first houses built up there, so there's no one just like Someone's randomly going to run up in the middle of a mountain somewhere and start bashing on someone's wall, you know? Right. And then um, a few years later, it it, uh, it had happened again. Um, they had this uh, these kids were playing handball out the front, and they got attacked. Or they 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 were they witnessed this this man hanging onto a tree, this giant man through uh, one of the other houses that was getting built. And so there's there's definitely been reports up there. And there's a place up there called Devil's Hole and Devil's Wilderness. So 
<laughs> and um, so, so now I'm I'm kind of deciding whether that that was was that an infrasound from the machines that I experienced, or was it something that had been um, pressured to go up that side of the slope because of the machinery, and then I started to intrude onto the top half of it, and it was mm. projecting at me to get out of there. Yeah, so, did you see any footprints or anything? Um, I've gotten one dusty kind of a footprint. I've sent it to, to Shane. It was on the first um, first episode on the uh, on the title title thumb, thumbnail for it. Um, that's just in the leaves. I mean, we've got live birds that do kind of they feed like chickens, so they do scrape the ground a bit. But um, there's a few trees up there that look like they've been shaped. So uh, there is a lot of um, yeah. There's something up there. <laughs> There's another time I was walking down that same hill and there's these giant sandstone boulders on the side, right? And uh, this one particular one, actually, um, I heard a rustling, something run down off off the boulder and then down the side of the embankment. And I'm like, that's not – I stopped and I'm like, you know, I, I chase things. So I'm like, oh, what is this? I'm going to get down and see what this is. Sounded fairly large. And I'm creeping around the boulder and then I just jumped off the embankment down so I could mid-air catch whatever was there. I get down there, there's nothing. Nothing there. Absolutely nothing. And then like the sound of the creature that I'd heard would have been easy. Um maybe the size of a dog. Yeah, a medium sized dog. And when I jumped down, I originally I thought it was going to be either a wallaby, which is a you know a smaller kangaroo, or a uh um a large you know, goanna or a lizard or something. But it was wintry as well, so the lizards wouldn't have been out. But if you jumped down as a wallaby, the noise I would have made would have scared off any possum wallaby or any other creature that was around there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was another experience. And this was before I knew about the owies too. So I'm, I'm chasing something in the bush. <laughs> I've got no idea what it is. <laughs> You're out there like Steve Irwin. Yeah, yeah literally. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The only reason why that is, though, is because we don't have any uh, – we don't have bears. We don't have wolves. We, we, we don't have these things, you know. Uh, we, we get the odd wild dog um, and, then you know, they, they, they can create packs, but they're not going to bother you unless you're, you're way out in the state park somewhere, you know. National parks, they, they you know, they really try to keep them down. They will – they do set out baits for them, uh, 1080 baits. Um. But uh, those, those, I've had like uh, four experiences um, that I, I um, attribute them to, to them. Definitely, the <laughs> it freaks me out. Eh? <laughs> yeah, freak me but, out. <laughs> at the same time, but I'm like, I'm like, uh, they haven't, they haven't attacked anyone. Like, uh, they, like, uh, I mean, there is disappearances in the bush and whatnot. But you know, generally, generally they get found. There's, there's a few accounts, you know, in America or here where someone's been. Um, they they reckon they were murdered by them or, or torn apart by them or, or something. But um, yeah, there's there's uh, should we communicate with them? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you hear some people out there meditating and uh, sending out their intent to them to to come and visit or this and that. Apparently, the uh, survivor man that Les Les Strauss he's he's done this, and he actually ended up uh, in psychology. Getting some counselling because <laughs> it actually yeah. worked. It fucking worked on him like a couple of times. 
Uh, yeah, he, he, he doubted himself, but uh, he, he's got nothing else to say other than, you know, it, it, it happened. It actually happened. He had a visitor in his head and he's like, no, I'm not ready for this. I'm not, I'm not ready. He had this image of a, a large and a small Sasquatch that he put in the intention, I'm camping here tonight if you want to come visit. And uh, he actually got an impression of a young one and a tall one in his image standing on top of the ridge that he was camping at going, we will come down tonight. And then he freaked out and said, no, no, I'm sorry. I, I can't do this. He, like I, I have to rescind my invitation. I can't, I can't <laughs> deal with this shit. He left. He went straight to a psychologist, got some counseling. He, he wasn't quite sure of himself. And then he'd done it a few other times. I think he'd done it multiple occasions, but only maybe two or three times that he actually got a, a, a response, uh, um, some type of response. Like the second one was enough. It was just a face, like a Cheshire cat kind of style, staring at him, big grin on its face. Like, yeah, you ready? You get ready for tonight, ready? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, no, nah, sorry, about that. I'm going. <laughs> I guess uh, um, one good question before we start uh, getting towards the end and wrapping up here. Have you have you tried that yourself personally? Because I'm curious if you've had any experiences of trying to meditate with that. I'm sitting on the fence on it. Um, uh, I think before you do it, you need to have the exact right sentence and intention before you do it. Otherwise, you don't know what's going to happen. No, for sure. Basically. So you I have think, the intention, you you're just waiting for the right time? No, I don't know the right words to say. Gotcha. Word, word, words, words are important. They're extreme. Like, they don't necessarily be able to communicate with us in English, but they can communicate through expression. So, I mean, like uh, trying to talk, uh, again, trying to talk from someone from Thailand in English and none of you speak each other's language, you, there's, there's common movements or common expressions or common sounds and, and movements that can be used as the language. So, fast to say, go out there and go, just come and visit. Anything of mine is yours. What yeah, does that, that mean? That's to inviting them? a lot of shit in. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So you got to think of what what exactly if if they are pure intention or they are, they have got like a one mindset type of thing you need to be able to understand that and be able to yeah I don't know I don't know um, we need to understand their law first you need to understand their culture first some type of resemblance um, um, resemblance of of something that they understand and and totally respect. And that's why I go back to the ancient cultures and shit. Um, I mean, with, with Aboriginals, they, 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 if, if a woman dies, <clears throat> if a husband dies, she's not allowed to talk for a year and for a certain length of time. And she has to be covered in painted in white clay for a mm. year, for two years, from a period of mourning, right? She's not allowed to talk. So there's a certain sign language that they have to do. And Westerners, they can't do it. And it's just a way that they they can talk and move <clears throat> is um, uh, totally unique. But for them, for, for, for Aboriginals, even the way you walk is a language. Makes sense. Even the way, the, the way, the way you, like every movement that you do has significance. It's part of the language. So even, even looking down at the ground while you're talking to someone, we say that, you know, in, in Western cultures, and keep, keep, your, keep your eyes up, you know, look at the person as you're talking to them. So these type of things are a language as well that we don't understand, that we don't, we don't, you know, really focus on today. 
<clears throat> so if we're able to then turn, yeah, that's what I mean by intention. We might be out there going, yeah, you know, come anything mine is yours, but your intention in the back of your head's going, oh, fuck, I hope these things don't come. Then what would you expect them to come, you know? Yeah. So you have to know your intention and be able to put your real intentions into words for them, for you to then be able to give the right invitation for the right understanding. And I think I want to, I want to do that first and uh, get a true understanding of <laughs> this, this fucking random space. <laughs> if you ever find the right words to say, man, I definitely want you to come back on this show and tell us what you experience. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I'm trying to remote viewing as well. I mean, remote viewing is going to be, uh, uh, you know, kind of a, a way to get better at that intention and and, and oh, yeah. understanding and, and things like this like if you do a remote view you don't you you write all this shit down and you got fucking no idea what any of it means until you know what the final answer is so in a way you can't you've got to you know you, you you've got to hone your intentions and your understandings and what you see and give that a language and then you can understand what you're seeing yeah because you put out like you're saying, "Hey, come, whatever's mine's yours." Next thing you know, you're getting ass raped in the middle of the forest. That ain't <laughs> that ain't a fun time. Or missing time, yeah. You, you yeah. Your unders, with your undies on backwards, fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Like> hey. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. bro, it was it was nice meeting you. We'll definitely have to have you back on again, um, Shane. For anybody that enjoyed the show, um, feel free to drop us a rating. Uh, Go and follow us on social media, all that fun stuff. Get some updates for the show. Uh, we're still trying to figure out if we want to do it bi-weekly, weekly, monthly. So any feedback on that, we'd greatly appreciate. So you know, feel free to DM us, comment on something, and uh, let us know how often you want to hear the show. And uh, on that note also, um, come and also check out, if you want to be able to find all of our stuff easy, uh, the link tree is L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash Bizarre Encounters. And uh, if you want to come and check out my show, uh, Inquiries of All Reality, uh, with Shane Jones, um, link tree, quick and easy, HTTP dot dot slash L I N K T R period E E slash increase of our reality podcast. And, uh, go ahead. What, how about you guys? Uh, same thing. Uh, link tree, uh, my, uh, my third eye podcast for my regular show. Um, grub, I, I would actually love to have you on just to talk uh, a whole bunch of different stuff, not just Yowie, you know, I could sit here and talk to you for hours, but, uh, you know, like, like Shane said, you know, go give us five star ratings and reviews, uh, subscribe to our channel, uh, and, and hit us up. Uh, if, if you hit us up either on, on social media or you can, uh, bizarre encounters at outlook.com, send us an email and, uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. So thank and, you uh, again. We want to add a segment in the beginning where we tell people stories or like read their stories. So if anybody has any stories that they may not want to be on the show, but they want to get told, um, feel free to shoot us an email. Either of us, you can email us, uh, send us your stories, and we'd love to read them in the beginning of the show. And that also being said, if you'd like to be a guest on the show and share your experiences, uh, do the same thing. Shoot us a message. Uh, we'll plan something out and you can hop on the show and we'd love to hear about your experiences. And on another little side note, um, this show... My Third Eye and Inquiries of Our Reality is all involved in this cool little community we have put together called uh, Open Minds Media. Um, we have a listener side and a creator side. So no matter which one you are, come check it out. Come figure out what we're all about. Uh, also, quick and easy with the link tree. You can find us on social media. You can find our featured podcast feed. Um, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E slash open underscore minds underscore media. So while you're at it, come check everything out. Come check out 
we'll, we'll put the links down at the bottom. But uh, yeah, don't forget to share the love and uh, give some feedback because we'd love to hear it. Well, until next time, stay bizarre. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. Appreciate it, brothers. Take care.